Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Gag, where I, Joshua Simon, a gluttonous, aeropostyle-wearing gargoyle, <laughs> discuss scary movies and our favorite brand of wig glue with some of my most gory ghoul friends <laughs> to find out why we <laughs> like them so much. And as you could hear by the high-pitched laughter, I have a wonderful, <gasps> I have a wonderful guess. What is it? Not true? Um, she is a DC, she's DC's most preeminent political drag queen. Yeah. Right? And, uh, uh, she's America's frenemy. America's frenemy? The one and only. I think I'm like the ex-girlfriend that you keep fucking when you get sad. Oh my god. I haven't even given them your name yet. <laughs> well, they know. They've fucked me already when they're sad. <laughs> Miss Buffy Wild is on the comfy couch today, here to talk about... A wonderful film. High art. High art. And I'm very glad that your handler, Josh, was able to get you scheduled. I know that Josh That's isn't tough. the most organized. That's true. Josh is really unorganized. And it's having a manager that lives with you is really challenging. Mm -hmm. And we fight yeah. over closet space all the time. All the time. But luckily, I mean, it's really, it's really, I'm really so For glad For the uninitiated, I... Josh is what <laughs> happens when Miss Buffy takes her wig off. <laughs> or uh, is I don't know if Josh happens, but Josh is in fact present in the room. You become Josh was also there. There are two Joshes, right? It was all a dream. Spoiler. So alert. that's why I'm going to call you Miss Buffy from now on, <laughs> to not confuse <laughs> to not confuse well, myself. Especially because <laughs> I'm in full drag, obviously. Right. right. You came here wearing 18 wigs. I'm really how how are they staying on? Because you are also uh, currently upside down. It's true. <laughs> I'm fully upside down in drag, lip syncing to Pink. Um, if yeah. you don't remember her, like, what was it, the, the CMA video performance? You know what? Pink performs. <laughs> I'm actually on silks right now. Wow. How are you, how are you bending your body into that shape? I will never know. Um, Miss Buffy, I want to ask you. <laughs> Hold on, wait. Wig reveal. Okay. Oh continue. my God, there were 18 more wigs underneath. <laughs> oh, we're having a great time. Are we ever going to talk about a movie? Maybe. Um, I mean, Hopefully. <laughs> What turned you gay this week? So I've been thinking a lot about what makes me gay this week. And what uh -huh. I truly feel is like I've reached like a level of gay that I'm actually like at full capacity. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's no... no more room for gay. Right. It's like sort of like if you have like a cup full of water and if you keep pouring water in, it's like the like uh, the other water leaves just to replace it with a new water. So the like gay there's... is just <laughs> spilling out of your ears at like, this point. It's like a continual stream. You know uh, what I that mean? explains all the glitter. I, I did not know where it was coming from. Turns out it's coming from inside your ears because the gay has to come out somehow. That's and true. apparently That's it comes out in the form of glitter. It's... <laughs> Out of literally every, like, every crevice of my body. Like, my armpit sweats it, my hole secretes it. We should it. probably call a doctor at some point. <laughs> um, but you, I do feel like, well, because even, like, when I was going through, like, okay, what what could have made me gay? And I'm like, mm -hmm. was it, like, a meme about bot? Like, do you see that meme with, like, the like the tour story, like, Buzz Light, you're holding Woody, like, bottoming, and about, like, me and my boo cutting it up for Disney Plus? Absolutely not, but <laughs> I'm so glad I know about it now. So that was pretty gay. I mean, every time I see a bottomy meme, I'm like, <laughs> I do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, a meme and a meme and a meme, memeception. Anyway, ah! we're surprisingly not high right now, just caffeinated. Um, you know what made me gayer this week? Pissy Miles. Who? Did you? What? You know every bottomy meme, but you don't know Pissy Miles. Look, bottoming is its own culture, this and I can't pretend be... to be fully, like, immersed in the scene. You know what I mean? <laughs> Goodness gracious, isn't that the truth? Um, 
Kissy Miles was the drag queen that showed up at the impeachment hearings this week. Oh, that's her name! Yes. Um, a play on a wonderful actress named Missy Pyle, who, if you saw Dodgeball, she's the, the Russian lady in that. I mean, she's that comedian character actress who's in everything. Yeah. Um, so do some research on Missy Pyle, because she's great. But also do some research on Pissy Miles, who showed up to the impeachment hearings. Now, I'm not following those, because... Who has the time? Like, right. I, I sometimes I like to keep my smile all day, and right, who has time? Like, I have goes on depression in my life. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes you need to, you know, exercise that privilege of just turning off the news. <laughs> but, <laughs> but seeing a drag queen show up at the impeachment hearings is so the future that I want, right. <laughs> where a drag queen is there, and it's like. Just to, honestly, if the only reason that she is there is to piss off Republicans, good. I'm so happy. It made me so, 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 so gay and so happy to see her just show up getting, going through TSA, whatever. (laughs) She like... (laughs) Because obviously there's also airplanes flying out of the Capitol building. Spoiler alert, if you're looking for the airport, just go to the Capitol. (laughs) Right. Now we're getting flagged. Like we're we're too close to DC to be saying this That's shit. True. If you're listening, it was definitely us. You just made me anxious. Believe it or not, I actually have access to the unredacted Mueller report. So like, get at me. Are you serious? No, of course not. Shit. But uh, I will say this was a good week for politics and drag because not only did this drag queen show up at the impeachment hearings, yes. but I was at a drag show with Alexandria Ocasio Cortez <gasps> this same week. Oh my god! Tell me all about it. Right? No, it was like truly. So, like, I was in, so for those of you who missed it, Sasha Valore, yes. winner of season nine. Of nine, what? Nine, <laughs> um, RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> she, was, she was touring with her new show that yes. she co-wrote and directed. Yeah, so she is doing a, a, a quote-unquote one-woman show. Uh, all, if there's, I'm, it's still there's touring. No such thing. C- collaboration is necessary for all art. I refuse to listen to that oh, trope sh- anymore. You're giving away, like, the, she the says secret. that in the show. Like, shh. Oh, You're giving her. away the setup. She's so transparent. I love it. Well, because it's like the whole thing is like a one woman show, but it's a lot of projections of like projecting other versions of herself interacting <gasps> with herself. Oh my god! And so it's like only her, but then she goes off about like all of the mm. brilliant artists that collaborated to create this kind of quote unquote one woman event. It's like she just dances with her Fulbright scholarship all the time, <laughs> just holding up the the sheet of paper that says "Congratulations, you're a Fulbright scholar," and that's her drag. I mean, she did make a very funny joke about second wave feminism, and I actually pissed my... I was the only one laughing, um, but you, I actually pissed my you pants. You peed on the floor, yeah. I heard about that. But but it was funny, because then... That was so, crazy. But, but, <laughs> I'm literally, if there's piss on the floor, it was me. But that, so it was interesting to, like... So showing up for this show in D.C., right? Which, it's, like, not strange to, like, go see drag in D.C., right? Mm. Right, everybody? Right? You're all there all the support time? Support D.C. drag. Uh, but not... Even if you're a goat. Regional support. drag. <laughs> okay, we're not regional. Take that back. How dare you? Okay. But (laughs) we're we're a city that is not LA or New York. That's regional to that's not wrong. People who live in LA and New York and are in that in that world. But I feel like all of a sudden we look up and because all of a sudden people started cheering and but like they started cheering like at the back of the theater and it was like what's going on Um, and then into like one of the box seats walks. AOC, and then she gets a full-ass standing ovation. Does the show stop, or is it before the show even starts? This is right before. Well, she clearly was, like, backstage, which I don't know if people saw the Twitter, the video that the two filmed together that went viral that really pissed, like, internet conservatives off. I love everything that does that, hence Pissy Miles being my 
hero of the week, but right. Continue. But no, that's exactly right. It's like it was interesting, both one to like see like what I think what made the world gayer this week, even if I am at capacity, <laughs> is that we live in a world where I'm glad that you're giving it away now. Like you're you're giving back to the community by <laughs> you got to by just allowing your gay to seep out through your through your tear ducts. <laughs> right. I mean, some people call it chlamydia. Some people call it public service. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just giving back to my community. Wow. I <laughs> look. I've had my second syphilis scare of the year. It's like really serious, y'all. Oh wow! Go um, get tested. Yay! That's true. Yes, should I'm be. on prep. Get tested. It Use a be. condom anyway. It should be free. <laughs> T. Speaking but, of which, AOC. Speaking of free healthcare. Um, but no. But so it was interesting to like be in this space where, in the same week, we have an elected official showing up and supporting local dragons, just like supporting like queer art and the queer economy, right? Well, that. Uh, yeah. But also, and also, like, using her platform to elevate a queer artist, right? You know, especially one who is non-binary, one who creates really cool things, uh, who kind of, you know, is not necessarily in the spotlight in a way that she once was. Now, like, it's a couple seasons later. And yeah, then, but, like, she rich now, so it's fine. <laughs> right? Could you imagine? <laughs> Both of them are. They've got so much money now, but, but it's they are using, still giving back. Them. They're still using their platforms in a way that, you know, young queer people... And young people of color need to see so that they can know that they have, they have, they're starting to have representation in, in mainstream media. Right. It's, it's like truly like a, a candidate of the people. Like she's literally at a drag show with us, right? <laughs> and she even like stayed around, which I've been encouraging people. She stayed around after to do a free meet and greet. Like just was like standing outside, like talking to people, like. Most people have to pay for that kind of thing. Right. Well, so I said, which I was posting on Facebook. So if you're listening and you did get a free photo with AOC, I've been encouraging everybody to donate to her re-election campaign. Uh-huh. I believe it's like uh, like Act Blue. It's like slash uh, Acasio 2020, I think, is the right link. Sure. We'll put it in the show notes. Put it in the put it, put it the link in the show notes. I never said show notes before. I feel <laughs> so disgusted with myself. I love it. <laughs> Um, but then, and then to have like a drag queen show up at, at the impeachment hearing, it just felt like this was a really good week to, uh, to gay America up. Everybody got a little bit gayer this week. I love it. I love it. Did anything make you anxious this week? Probably The yeah. impeachment hearing? I mean, I will say I was uh, out sick for a day and did a lot of yoga and a breath work meditation this mm-hmm. week. So like, I'm like zen as fuck. That sounds great. It's so good. Yoga is wonderful for the mind and body. Well, but I also think, I think like, also maybe, are you ready for this nonsense? Sure. I feel like not only have I re- have I reached like peak gayness, but like I can't get gayer. I think I've also reached like peak political anxiety. Like, there's like you can't. I'm get numb more to anxious. it at this point. Yeah, yeah, like every time something else happens, I'm like, of course something else happened. Like <laughs> it, it will not stop. <laughs> well, and it's also like the people, like no one, like all like logic, reason, all no, of that has left the building. You, you don't, you don't, you can't argue facts anymore because facts are meaningless, and that's a wild time to be living in. Well, sure, I, makes me anxious. Well, and especially because, like, I think what made me most anxious. Maybe obviously, like, I'm at peak anxiety, but it's the coffee that you're having currently it's not helping is not helping your anxiety. Imagine that. So, okay, self care. Calm down. <laughs> okay, okay, therapist. <laughs> but uh, she agrees with you, by the way. Oh, uh, but <laughs> but um, no, I think what was most I think scary to me is the the propaganda piece of it. Um, And especially watching these Republican lawmakers regurgitate right-wing conspiracy theories that have actual no basis in any evidence. It is truly like the internet garbage (laughs) being stated by people with a lot of power and influence. By the government. 
And people are going to hear that yeah. and like, oh, like, what else would you think if your elected official says something? You're going to assume it's correct. Thank, like, that's thank how goodness power works. the thank goodness the government doesn't actually have any power. <laughs> it's just <laughs> Amazon and Facebook. Um, take it back. Take it back. <laughs> but no, it's true. So I think that I think that was what gave me most anxiety sure. was this sort of like propagandic misinformation campaign that is working because like the polling shows no one is changing their mind about anything these days. So I mean, why are we why are we still fighting to change people's minds? minds at this point uh just let people get older and 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 have their old way of thinking hopefully die with them even though they're teaching it to the youth which is definitely something that makes me anxious all the time thankfully the world is getting smaller and the world is changing to a point where it's not about um fearing the unknown anymore because you hopefully if, if you have the means, you have access to people like you or people who stand for what you stand for, even if you're in an isolated community and God willing, you have the means to find those people. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and that's why it's hoping, like, e- like even, like, small issues that I know we all get, like, r- like riled up about the big important issues. I can't believe that DC drag queen is political. It's so surprising. Right? Well, you'd be surprised how many aren't. Um, <laughs> shade rattle, shade it's rattle, like, shade rattle, shade rattle. <laughs> Wait, can think, you do it? I think... But will the microphone pick it up? Tis the real question. We'll, I don't we'll know. Only know. I don't know. I learned that from a, a, a local actor friend. I won't say his name in case he doesn't want the publicity. But he said it's it's like a the RuPaul shade music stinger is... Oh, that's not wrong. So if you... But if you, you gotta whisper it. So I'm gonna ASMR real quick into the microphone. She said, what about my wig? <laughs> that was also like, or was that like a tropical bird in paradise? You know what I mean? Like, well, they do have a tropical birds um, on set of RuPaul's Drag Race all the time. They live in um, Michelle Visage's hair. I mean, also like problematic animal rights violations is not something that would super surprise me on RuPaul's Drag Race. <gasps> the but... butterflies. You're bringing the <laughs> butterflies back. How it's dare you? It's time to talk about the butterflies. It's the butterfly not. massacre. It's time to talk about a movie. <laughs> We have gone long enough um, before talking about the movie that we're going to discuss today, which is a wonderful classic film from 1987. <laughs> we're called... using the word the word classic very loosely. It's a classic to me. Instant classic. <laughs> it is Slumber Party Massacre 2, written and directed by Deborah Brock. Yes. Now... The fact that a woman directed a slasher movie and a woman directed a sequel to a slasher movie that was itself also directed by a woman, that made me a little bit gayer. I liked it. <laughs> I'm not mad when, like, people give women jobs. You know what I mean? I think Never mad about that. No, 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 not at all. Um, <laughs> are you are you a horror queen, Miss Buffy? So, yes and no. It's a hor- so. Thanks for the improv. Yes and, but continue. <laughs> It's always like, well, this might be a yes, but, um, no, I think, so by nature, no, I think I originally, I, so ironically, I am aggressively squeamish Mm. and I have zero chill. Like I had to close my eyes through the majority of Tim Burton's Sweeney Todd, right? Like I sometimes I did too, but just not for, not for bloody reasons. (laughs) 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 I can't even do it at all. I don't know why I tried, but... (laughs) 
But it's like I can't even like eat during CSI. You know what I mean? Like I have no chill. Oh wow! But I think what I appreciate, what I've learned in my adult life to appreciate in horror is because I am such an aggressive consumer and fan of camp that when horror has transcended to camp, then I fall madly deeply in love with it. Yeah, I, I definitely will fall in love with a movie that has horror and camp elements more than when it's just one or the other because yeah. I'm a huge I'm a huge slut for both <laughs> and and I love a good scare like I will I will devour a scary movie they're, they're using a term nowadays that I kind of hate called elevated horror and they're using that to refer to things like um, Ari Aster's movies Hereditary Midsummer, as well as The Witch and mm. The Lighthouse which is by the same director but also, it's like you can elevate horror as much as you want. It it never gets the appreciation that I as a as a gremlin think it deserves. But it, people are now seemingly getting wise to the fact that horror is a is a has always been used as a way to discuss society's true horrors, and that's why I think horror still has so many fans in marginalized community because our lives can be horror like in like. They say, and I already mentioned it in the last episode, Horror Noir, which is a documentary about black representation and horror. The, one of the writers in that documentary says black life is black horror, and so we come to these movies to escape. And that's how I've, it, it dawned on me that that's kind of how I felt about it as a queer person, because queer representation is, in horror is limited, as it is in most forms of media especially from the 80s <laughs> and yet the 80s was also a super gay time right i mean it just there were so many colors i don't know how there wasn't more queerness but it it and the hair it's really the it hair, was but... it might maybe it was all coded because you know fucking reagan or whatever but i also something i was thinking about though here is a yes and moment of course is and i think this well, <laughs> I love talking about this like so seriously. Like, I think this film captured Slumber Party Massacre Two really captured. Yeah, it sure did. Um, it captured. I My think heart. the. I think what I almost appreciate more about horror, as opposed to an escape, but more to give you perspective. Like, uh -huh. I think what I found really funny about Slumber Party Massacre Two is that you know this whole time you know that this like man with a giant drill who is obviously going to kill them right like we all know what's going to happen it's not they, like the big kept secret they often discuss the phallic nature of the slasher's weapon and i don't think it gets more phallic than a rock and roll guitar yeah. drill and also like his like first line what is it like rock and roll won't die baby and rock and roll like, never dies like, i'm like okay <laughs> i was like oh she's a first queen oh right yeah but it was funny because like so the whole movie like you know this threat is there and it's coming but the things that these people talk about are the most vapid. Like, there's the character, she's, like, she's obsessed the whole time. Like, all this character talks about is having a pimple. Like, this whole time. And I'm like, your pimple, I know this feels like a huge problem, but in perspective oh of my about God. to be murdered. I love, that that, I love that her entire personality <laughs> is dermatological. Like, literally, like, her whole plot line of, like, she goes missing for a second and they can't find her, spoiler <gasps> alert, that? is to get pimple cream. Oh, my God. That, 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 that scene of body horror... Comes out, we, we think that this is a, a slasher movie, but there's a scene of body horror that comes out of nowhere. And you said yourself that you are squeamish. Oh, that was disgusting. Th that got to me because honestly, if I'm if I know I'm getting into body horror, uh, I can prepare myself. You know, I know what I'm watching. But that 
kind of surprised me, and I, I I'll admit I had a bad gag. <gasps> Ooh, oh, Title oh, of the show. Oh. I I kind of. That's a little bit gross. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a huge dick in your throat you didn't want. A little you know ruku I mean? ru- got caught in my throat at that moment. But I will say it was kind of gross. I mean, I also feel like I could tell where it was going. Like in the moment, I was like, this is about to be disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> and it's kind of like, yeah, I did have to look away. That was the one time I actually had to look away. Like drilling through someone's chest, I could watch that. But a giant pimple exploding on someone's face, couldn't yeah, handle it. That like, was gross. Like blood, red blood is fine. Yellow pus that's when you that's when it's gross and arguably like that was the most it's the it, same it's the same corn syrup just with different food coloring <laughs> in it but it's also like that was oddly the, the most grotesque part of this film is a giant pimple like your head becoming a giant pimple, pimple that spurts yeah like that was the most disgusting thing in the movie yeah. and also like the most visceral oh like, yeah everything else wasn't very visceral and yet it, a, a movie that centers a bunch of vapid 80s chicks be like the weirdest part of the movie being a pimple exploding. I I do want to discuss the fact that this was written and directed by a woman, and the previous film, which you have not seen, Slumber Party Massacre One, also known as Slumber Party Massacre. Right, and not to be confused with the 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 third in the sequence that we've never seen, Slumber Party Massacre, Massacre Three. Three released in nineteen ninety, so like yeah, you can skip that one, but. Ah! Uh, the original movie, Slumber Party Massacre from 1982, was written by a lesbian feminist author as a parody of slasher films in which women are constantly naked and being butchered and it's all very male gazy. And of course, this movie that we are discussing today still does that. And, and it could be argued that the original film does that too. The origin, the first movie is nowhere near as campy as this one but it still has a good degree of camp and a good degree of a cult following because of it but it's interesting that it was directed by a woman mostly features women and still manages sometimes to fall into these tropes and i think that's because the producers wanted a more straightforward slasher film they were trying to cash in on it so they made it less lady centered they made it less of a parody and more of a serious movie and i want to say that it's to that film's discredit but i but it still comes off as a much more feminist film than a lot of slashers from that era and it might simply be because of the way that it is filmed and written from a woman's perspective especially in the 80s when women in horror were were there for tna uh violence against them and one of them gets to survive, but it's only because she's a virgin and she doesn't do drugs. Like, yeah. like Same. you have to be, right. <laughs> like, you have to be perfect in order to survive these movies. Like, it paints a very negative picture of women who enjoy sex or women who in, just live their lives and, and don't adhere to T.I.'s measures of, of womanhood. That, that's a very specific treatise. Um but I do, where I do struggle though, so that I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this is, so I kind of like went into it having not seen the first one and kind of getting a sense that, oh, this was going to be, and I will admit, I feel like I looked for more coded queerness than anything else. Sure. But I, I did struggle with the sort of, I think the bar for like, what does it mean to be a feminist slasher film is like so, so low. low. <laughs> uh, because also what I thought was interesting is like, can... And I think that this is what makes the the second film distinct is like can straight people do camp? And I think the answer is no. <laughs> oh my because God. 
And here's and here's why. Because there's two. Give me that hot take. <laughs> all the hot over take. my face. <laughs> because literally, it's gonna be so warm, and you're gonna love it all over your face. Oh wow. I. So there's my two parents co- listen to this. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I hope they don't. It's hard. It's 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 okay. I'm tucked away. Don't worry, Mr. and Mrs. Simon. I'm tucked away. Jesus. My dick is so far away from your son. Um, I. I think they're, <laughs> I think they're truly not listening anymore at this point. <laughs> They've turned it off. Thank it's you. Done. Thank you for um, that. Because like I feel like when I think about because I I think we talk a lot about like what is camp. It, right, like ad nauseum uh, to its detriment. It's exactly what Susan Sontag said it was. Oh my god, get out. How okay. dare you? Okay, Sasha Valor, calm down. Thanks. But, see how I brought that back? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I I think it's like, when I think of like two like camp films of the two spectrum, the ends of the spectrum, though feel free to push back, it's like Mommy Dearest and But I'm a Cheerleader. And I think... No need to push back. <laughs> Hard relate. Keep Because going. it's like, if it's a straight film, what makes it camp is that they weren't trying to be camp. Like, I think what makes camp good on the one hand, is earnest. if it's straight people who don't realize how cloyingly earnest it is. Oh my goodness, yeah. Whereas the other spectrum is that if queer people are making it about ourselves, it has to be over the top, right? right. It has like to be... Yeah. Right, it has to be like the like conversion therapy comedy. You know what I mean? Well, the, the way that I felt like this film knew it was campy was as soon as they had their first naked champagne pillow fight. <laughs> their first... <laughs> their first... Naked champagne here. pillow fight. Disagree if you want, but I truly don't know how a woman director, even if if that woman is straight, can put that in a film and not be commenting on it. It was so... Like, even the two guys who were watching the naked champagne pillow fight happening were like, I thought this only happened in movies. They might as well have turned to the camera and gone, honk, honk. Like... (laughs) Yeah. I don't... Yeah. Devil's Advocate. Sure. I, so here's, well, and this is, I think, maybe a good example to get specific. I think where it failed as camp for me, I think there's many moments when I succeeded. Uh-huh. I think where it failed to be specifically, it felt more like an like an aestheticism version of camp, like an Oscar Wilde, like, camp for absurdity's sake. It didn't feel like feminist camp. Nobody has ever brought up Susan Sontag and Oscar Wilde in <laughs> this fucking movie in the same conversation. We're... You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. America. Uh, but... Because it's like there was never the wink and the nudge moments in the film were always about absurdity and never about the um, the anti woman tropes that they were uh, sending up right like what I think was missing from that champagne moment was like how do how do the characters the characters themselves acknowledge the absurdity right it's like whereas like it's like thinking about like I kept wanting. Like, a moment where the, the, the girl who's, like, obviously, like, the quote-unquote dumb girlfriend, like, the pretty blonde that is obsessed about the pimple this whole movie. Oh, like, right, I right. wanted a scene where she's, like, reading a book, and someone's like, what are you reading? And she's like, she, Proust. She you know was I mean? reading a book. She was reading porn. Right. And it, which so, I loved. <laughs> she stole it from her. They find, they find so much, they find delight in so many sexual situations, and I love watching... I love watching that happen because in all these movies, like, women are supposed to hate sex, but but they find a blow-up doll, they find porn, and they're like, what a treat. <laughs> no, I will say that was where it was maybe more successful as, like, the sort of celebration of sex. But it's, I just wanted more, like, what I wish they would have done more of. Because it's like, then when you get to, like, the absurdity of the villain, it's like <laughs> the first person to break the fourth wall is, is the villain. Who is, we should probably mention, Ace. A greaser rock and roll ghost? 
of some kind. Some the kind, the yeah. killer from the first movie was just a crazy guy with a power drill. So of course, when you're doing a sequel, you got a yes and. Have we talked about the fact that it's a musical? Like, I think a really key detail about the sequel is that it's a musical. <laughs> oh, by the way, there are musical numbers. I think it's more of a movie with music. You know how they say you know, it's a play with music. Yeah, this I, movie has three songs conservatively. I'm gonna really like cut hairs about what kind of camp it is and what makes it successful camp. I guess cutting like really splitting hairs about whether or not it's a musical or a play with music is a totally fair fair game. Absolutely. <laughs> I did want more musical numbers. I will say. While the movie is campy, I do. The first thing that happens is a nightmare that involves the 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 main character is the younger sister of the final girl from the original. And the movie starts with a nightmare that she's having about the events of the original film and waking up and screaming. And the, the movie basically starts with trauma. Oh, I love as, trauma. As love so trauma. many movies do. And, and, you know, horror is often used as a way for us to access the way we actually uh, interact with our personal traumas and whatnot. And it could have, you know, it could have gone further with that, but there was like this weird conversation between her and her mom about visiting her sister from the the survivor from the first movie at the mental institution where she now lives and the younger daughter has to remind her mother that it is her birthday yeah that that was so weird mom forgot my birthday can you fucking imagine but do you know what's even more disconcerting i mean maybe if i had a child that was in institutionalized i might well i lose would... track of things but still like my other daughter's birthday that's mm, but see here's where i think that was a brilliant choice because i think the film succeeds not as a like a meaningful conversation about gender stereotypes <laughs> but as a meaningful conversation about g- intergenerational conflict and the ways in which institutions don't work for any of us oh wow boom grad school <laughs> thesis <laughs> shit because i think i think the mom's comment sets up what you see through the rest of the film is adults who aren't paying attention to kids and kids' concerns, right? Or perceived young people. Like, young people cry out for something and say, I'm being chased with a drill, and the parents are like, literally, like, what do you point, actually the guy goes, damn mean? kids. Yeah. What do you actually mean by that? No, literally, I'm being chased with a drill. Oh, what, what's, what's, what's underneath all those layers, Courtney? Well, it's also like when like, the police show up and are so unhelpful. They are the most worthless, useless police and I love it. I love that. I love a movie that doesn't even ha- like throw in a, a. Oh dear, my smoke alarm just went up. No. It oh my god! It's because this podcast is what lit. Oh, get out! Podcast. <laughs> podcast over. Um, what were we talking about? Oh right, the police. <laughs> right. I, I love a film that doesn't even deign to throw in a good cop. They're just like, nope. Completely useless law enforcement. You're on your own. Um, Which also I feel like is an accurate representation of most people's experience with the police, particularly uh, <laughs> the queer people of people of color. <laughs> Inter- interesting. Or women, you know, like yeah. I, the eventually they call 911 and <laughs> it's not so believable that the cop who yelled at them when doing the first time, like the first house call, he comes in and yells at them for wasting his time. Then they call 911 and guess who picks up the phone? The same cop. He apparently just went back to the precinct. To man the phones. Which doesn't make sense dramaturgically because no. he said he was going to Denny's. Oh my I don't God, know if you caught right. that. You're s- you, it's good that you pick up on these things. But also, <laughs> I wanted to be like, this is so unbelievable. But then I realized how, how I learned recently from Heidi Schreck's beautiful show, What the Constitution Means to Me. 
now on broad no not plug, on broadway plug. not on broadway no, anymore no, no. but uh it it actually there are so many real life cases in which women who are being abused call the police and the police literally say we can't do anything stop bothering us and people have lost their lives to to this to this system of ignorance yeah. it's wild and seeing that in a horror movie and being like this is so unrealistic and then thinking about it and being like wait this is the most realistic part of the movie. Well, and especially when they, like, there was a nice, interesting critique of the police when they sort of go on this ramp, like, this was a waste of taxpayers' money. Oh, yep. But then they immediately follow up with that, that and now chestnut. we're going to Denny's. That old chestnut. And I was like, so you're saying it's a waste of taxpayers' money to respond in a way that is sensitive and impactful to a group of people who truly believe that they are in danger and to support them through that, but being at Denny's while you're on the clock is not a waste of taxpayers' mm-hmm. money. I'm like, mm-hmm. I just have so, oh, so many follow-up questions. It's probably also worth noting that the cops are named Officer Kruger and Officer Voorhees. I love that you remember that. Well, I, I'm a I'm a horror slut, so I have to. Um, Freddy Krueger, obviously, and Jason Voorhees, two of slasher movies' oh, biggest biggest uh, uh, biggest dick swingers, uh, honestly. And having these useless police officers named after two of slasher genres' biggest, you know, biggest heroes slash fuckboys. Um, <laughs> you don't know how many weird weirdos online are like, I want, I want Jason Voorhees to just cut my fucking head off. <laughs> like, people are way too into the slashers now, and I love that everyone's open about their kinks, but it's like, oh my god, <laughs> Jason fucking Voorhees. But I will say that was, I think that also, like, again, I think where it succeeds most as a camp critique is of institutions, where like, there's all these examples <laughs> of like, of like these poor innocent children being literally butchered, <laughs> like reaching out to the the adults and the like people around them and nobody helps. It's like the cops don't help, nine one one doesn't help, mom. the neighbors at the house don't help, the mom doesn't help. She's just like driver. as long as you're not having sex, like I don't fucking. It's just like this like constant movie where like I mean of course like I don't understand. Do you know what I feel? I feel like in the world of horror films, they must not have other horror films because why they keep going back to the house mesmerizes me. And like <laughs> there's like a literal murder in the house and you all keep going back. Have you never seen a horror movie? Do people in horror movies not have access to horror movies? Not these movies, no. They do. Well, you know what they do have access to is director and writer Deborah Brock's other films. Oh my god, you be- Oh, you you better pivot <laughs> because opening scene of one or the uh, one scene opens with them watching a, a VHS tape of a film called Rock and Roll, Rock and Roll High, High School. School. And you did your dramaturgical research and you told me something I did not know, which is that is a movie written and directed by Deborah Brock. <laughs> which is funny because I was like, Bitch I mean, puts her own film in her own film. I stand it. And that's why, this is why I will maintain, of all the ways... I, I love it. I love self-promotion. Well, and I will maintain, like, aesthetically, the movie is very camp. Like, as a critique of, like, gender tropes, I'm not convinced. As okay. a critique of the institutions and of aesthetics, because, like, the film opens. I think the queerest, campiest thing about the film is the the font for the opening credits and the <laughs> shot of the acrylic nails. Because there's nothing more queer than, like, it's sort of like like Microsoft 97 meets iMovie font. It's oh. like this gorish, like... Like awful purple color and acrylic nails, and I was like, "We are in a queer fantasy." Love it. What you said about it not quite being, not quite hitting the mark all the time with uh, tropes of womanhood. Um, I felt that a lot every time one of them got horny, which happened a lot. So much horny, which I love. Like, like of course, as soon as women have sex in these movies, they get murdered. But that 
that doesn't quite happen here. The movie starts with a wet dream that turns into a nightmare, which, honestly... Do you know what I will say? So relatable. I but like I didn't realize like I read I I didn't realize that that's what the intention was when I watched it because what I assumed was like oh yes I also have like sex dreams that are interspersed unrelatedly with nightmares like that makes sense to me of course like there's no like turning into I'm like yeah this all coexists and then I was like oh wait that's not the story they were telling sorry that speaks more about me than it does about them so uh, they go off to I mean they're all horny um. Misha Barton shows up to to pick up our lead character. Uh, if you if you know me well, you know that Misha Barton and I are enemies, <laughs> sworn enemies, sworn, sworn enemies. enemies. Misha fucking Barton, um, ruining my life. She has no idea who I am. Uh, <laughs> when when the when the best friend comes to pick her up and opens the door, and of course it's the '80s, so I know it's not Misha Barton, but it looks so much like her. I was just like, <gasps> no. <laughs> I mean, that's a 80s Misha Barton, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, uh, so that made me very anxious, but I kind of ended up loving uh, 80s Misha Barton. She was one of the smartest people in the movie, I think. Wait, so who is this actually? What are you... T- <laughs> what? Wait, which one? Which character? Um, the one who picks her up in the car. The, the, one, oh. the one who picks her up in the car. And, and, Cause and she's the one that dies last. Maybe it's never. She's the one who falls off the roof. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. falls off the roof. Oh, I really roof. liked her. I, was I sad. liked her too, and um, I didn't want to because she looked like Misha Barton, who is my enemy. And Wait, that really <laughs> triggered you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what I did, what I was curious about, is as soon as we were introduced to the fact that they were all in a band. Oh yeah, I love. It was like literally love... like a Josie and the Pussycats from the '80s I slasher love... flick nightmare. You know what it immediately brought to my mind was. What season it was with Acid Betty and Thorgy Thor? Eight. Okay, season eight, when they all had to like create those jam bands. Oh, and yeah. None of them were quite successful. Yeah, that <laughs> and was that's sad, how yeah. it felt watching this jam band. I I dubbed these I dubbed uh, these rock and women the Brookies. I I will say though they all it seemed like they were all about to start that SNL sketch where it's like hi I'm Brookie because. But the lyrics were good, though. I loved that song. <laughs> I loved like, that song. Did you like the song that <laughs> the no the song, song was... that she was writing? The song that the the the, the pimple girl was writing. It, it included lyrics about wanting a sugar daddy, and I was oh. like, "This is why this film is queer." Yeah, it's like she kept Absolutely. talking about her sugar daddy, and I was like, "And These her are skin." The best lyrics, yeah. This, that's all gay people talk about is their skin and and wanting to be taken care of. <laughs> I mean, I deeply relate to that. So <laughs> you know, because she is what sickening. Ah! That. Pimple was sick. That was disgusting. So gross. That was not a good gag. Um, I mean, we love ladies with guitars. Hi, Tegan and Sarah. Hi, Indigo Girls. It's very queer. Uh, it's just that one of them played drums, and the other three all played the same instrument. They all just had yeah. the same exact guitar. It's like someone went and just rented three of the exact same guitar in different colors, but it, which is probably what happened, yeah. um, which I don't hate, because... Well, again, it's like, hilarious. aesthetically, that's camp. Like, right. there's some, I love like, it. all those, like, nods to, like, this is absurd. Like, like just, it like, from, like, the acrylic nails absurd. to the fake guitars to, like, the sex doll. Like, that didn't need to be a prop. You know what <gasps> I mean? That didn't need to be a prop. But didn't it, though? Uh, <laughs> or the fact that my favorite camp moment was when, like, the first murder is disgusting because she's having sex with her dream boy and 
the murderer drills through his chest. Through his chest. Wait, I have questions about this 35-year-old high schooler um, that she's in love with. Who's also gay. Like, that's, that's my real main concern. Sure, sure, sure. Like, Why did not? Did you see those teeth? Those teeth were perfect. <sighs> it was the 80s. Yeah. Everyone had perfect okay. teeth. No, that's not true. Plaque Healthcare is, was free. Plaque is universal. Oh, okay. I, I, I literally don't know anything about the 80s. It was not there. Yeah, no. um, even though I am a thousand years old. That's true. You don't look a day well, over a millennia. Thank you. What I do want to know, though, is he was very cute. Um, sure, up. but he was definitely in his 30s. And our he was lo- nice. Our, he was nice. But I want to know, are loose, billowy shirts... Is that a thing that straight women are attracted to? He was wearing such loose, billowy linens in most of his scenes when he had a shirt on. I did like. Right, I was like, did he wear a shirt? I did I'm like perplexed. a lot of the, uh, you know, the gratuitous man candy on display. Yeah, not thank mad. you, Deborah Brock. But I will admit that when she's like, you're probably thinking of some other girl and he says that line of i'm thinking of you oh that got me like literally i was so wet uh, like really, literally i truly i was so self i was like damn it josh i am such a jackhead and i hate myself right oh my god this like the queer self-loathing that this film brought up was like truly next level and she was super into him and they're very horny for each other and that's great but it does seem like this movie punishes women for getting horny like, it establishes that women have wet dreams and uh, have sexual fantasies about people they want to fuck, but uh, as soon as as soon as soon they get a wet puss, it turns into a nightmare. I mean, that's my It turns into but... a bloody nightmare. Does, is, is, ooh. is that a comment? I don't know. Ah! I don't think it is. Yeah. Maybe. You know what? Maybe. Because women uh, or people who, who, who menstruate you know, often are... are flabbergasted by the uh, sheer obliviousness of people who don't menstruate of how they just refuse to acknowledge it or even attempt to understand the functionality of it and I, it but see that's what i think where wild. the opportunity was missed to make it a campy critique about gender sure. because in that framework i would have loved it if only the men died mm. you know what i mean like if they found a, if there was more men there was room for like two more boyfriends or like friends that it like yeah, that would have made but it more... introducing people just to kill them off. Um, I can't. There are diminishing. There are diminishing returns on that. But the men that they did introduce. <sighs> okay, Be- before the men were introduced, Mary fuck kill. Uh... <laughs> uh, right, these guys are. These men are wild. But I will say that they introduce TJ Ugh. as the TJ. boyfriend of the sluttiest member of this girl group um Val oh gosh what's her character I wrote down all their names but now I can't connect them to their faces is the problem oh no Valerie's the sister anyway um (laughs) I love when she's when they're on the way and she's dreaming and she wakes up and is like Valerie Valerie and her friend in the car with her is like what are you dreaming about bitch Valerie Valerie. (laughs) and she's like I was dreaming about Valerie. What? Also, like, the given circumstance that there was, a, like, a bloody massacre at a high school party and no one else seems to know about no it one, in the town. That it's like everyone no is brand new. Um, Are you new? Right. Uh, the, the, the TJ guy that they introduce, of course, is, a, is kind of a douche bro. But also... Oh my God, he's the worst. Also, but I also love that they give him big himbo energy. Himbo? Himbo. Like, he's dumb and he's 
vaguely i mean i'm i maybe it's my most toxic quality that i'm attracted to this kind of guy and i but i i fell hard for tj immediately because he's because <laughs> he's reading porn to his girl to get her horny he's he's worshiping that post like he worships her and it never wears a shirt i mean it's yeah, kind that's of a, a very, reversal that's a specific half of his character arc it's what he says but re- i hear you <laughs> it's kind of a reversal of the way uh, slasher films often introduce women just to take off their tops and get murdered they kind of introduce tj for the same purpose and that's problematic in its own way but also is kind of great to see a role reversal like that and honestly as much as I like TJ, he did lose me many times by saying some dumb shit that only a straight dude could say. But, uh, <laughs> oh, you have a quote. She has a quote. I don't have a quote, but I do want to know, like, it, they were all in high school, right? Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, all, all of them in That's their 30s That's what we're given to believe, yeah. The, the sex could not have been that good for her to be making, for both of them to be making those noise when, when she says, oh, you're fantastic, and he says... I know, and you want to slap also, him TJ's in the face. Also, TJ's obviously bad at sex. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing about him that says, He's like, so I am good at this. so cocksure that yeah. he, he has to, he, he probably doesn't need any It's pussy. like small dick energy. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like the opposite but big But the way dick he energy. worships her is like, oh, maybe he does eat pussy, but I, I just want that for him so much. Oh, my God. Well, I don't <laughs> I want, I want anything good for him, but... Well, he's dead now, so who cares? Who gives a fuck? Oh well, well, and that's the thing. There's no poetic justice in his killing. Like, that's what I wanted more of, because, like, I, I didn't see, I appreciate you lifting up the, like, reading porn to turn her on. I kind of breezed over that, because I think what I focused on in that scene was, like, his incessant gaslighting. Mm, like, every of time. the main character. Yeah, yeah like, every time a woman she's, was. Yeah, because he's not sleeping with her, so why does he gotta listen to her? Well, and also, like, to, like, when a woman That's is like, hey, like. I'm having a problem, I'm having these nightmares, or something and weird going like, on. And he's like, you should, well, he does bring up therapy as a, as a possible solution, and you know what? That's never a bad idea. But he also is, like, talking more about, like, oh, you're just hungover. Oh, yeah. Like, he keeps too. dismissing like, her. Like, everything you're feeling, you're just hungover. Right. Or you're like, a you're wimp just and crazy. can't take it. Yeah. yeah. Or you're calling, uptight. Calling oh. a woman crazy, easiest way to piss her off. But also calling them uptight. Like, that's mm. what really got me about TJ. It's, like, gaslighting, Lots using the assumption about being uptight. Yeah. Truly. And so that, I was, like, waiting. That's why I wanted him to die first, and I wanted it to be <laughs> the most bloody, like, poetic of justice. Of course it was Pimple Girl who died first. Through the phone, that, that was, was their means of, of contacting the useless police. But still, you had to you have I to get rid know. of the phone somehow. Yeah, they they impale her to the wall, and she just happens to be on the other side of the only telephone. <laughs> I also was like, I was struck halfway through the movie. I was like, it must have like sucked not to have cell phones. Like, like if. Like, I feel like I'd be, I'm less afraid of being murdered by a crazy drill, drill-wielding... Greaser ghost. Greaser right. ghost. Yeah. Because I have a cell phone. Like, there were so many times when I was like, if you just whipped out your cell phone and call 911, this would not be a problem. This is why... And it it's the 80s. I mean, everyone... Nobody knows what the hell they're doing. That, that calls back to the sex can't be that good. Because it was the 80s. They were not getting sex education. They were getting abstinence only. So... That's true. I'm sorry. Maybe they were figuring out just like the animals did, you know? I'm sure that they're having fun. I hope they're doing it safely, but... Well, they're not now because they're dead. But... Right. But the noises that they were making... They were kind of hot. I wasn't mad about they that. They were in high school. They couldn't possibly have known what the fuck they were I doing. I mean, I wasn't having sex in high school, so I have nothing to compare it to. I mean, ugh. And if I was having learn. sex with a woman in high school, it would not be good for many reasons. Yeah. I mean, none of these people were actually in high school. Um, They were probably just 
formed out of a a, a slasher movie making machine because they're all just tropes. I don't know what you're talking about. There were fully nuanced, developed, fleshed out characters. Of course they were. Um, yeah, a himbo and a, a girl who just has these really troubling visions. Like when her hamburger oh, so good. <laughs> turns into a hamburger. That was... So like that, that, so that was like the campus me. strike that I loved. I laughed like, to myself when I came up with, it's a hamburger now. I know. I was going to breeze. I wasn't going to let you have that, but I guess you can have that. Thank you. I, I will force you to give it to me. <laughs> well, and I also feel like it's like the blood coming out of the tub. Like there was just so many great moments of like absurd. That, like, that goes back props. to, she's like about to masturbate in that tub. And of course, no one gets to be horny in this movie without getting punished. I hated it. Yeah. She was she was in that tub but about s- to scoop that puss and has the bloodiest or, period ever. Or, or it's so bloody. Or, so what's funny is I don't think I actually picked up when I watched it as much like the punishment for sex theme, which I know is like in. Like, I just the- kept noticing that every time, at least Courtney, our lead hero girl, got horny, it would always just be interrupted by by something terrible, by a horror. But I also feel like it's like for me that was. I guess what what I got from that was like the the like the kind of delightful coexistence of sex and death. Like for <laughs> me, that's what I thought was super campy and queer and delightful was like, sure, like this trail me daddy. Right. Like sure. like the kind of coexistence of sex and violence I found to be one of the most campy things about it. Right? I mean even like the metaphor of like the like the drill killing is like he's literally drilling you. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot there there was so much of like that coexistence piece that I I didn't even take it as, like, a literal, like, a cause and effect, like, you did this, so this happened to you. For me, I sort of read it as a coexistence of these things in a way that is totally inappropriate and disgusting, but also glorious all at the same time. <laughs> yes, I mean, none of these films, especially in the in this 80s slasher canon, exist without that gray area between I'm enjoying this because it's just so, so much of a garbage fire <laughs> like also like what really there's so many things that mystified me like drama dramaturgically about this film oh really but you have some script notes i have so many script notes but the thing what like like two things i found delightful. i'm sorry but what i don't have a note on is the line go away you're supposed to be dead <laughs> <laughs> no do you know what my favorite was and i wrote it down perrier please <laughs> Okay. Perrier? Yes! Oh, God! They're, like, they're asking for drinks, and the one girl just takes a pause, and she just looks at them and goes, Perrier, please. And I was like, dead. The one, dead. Who, the one who says, I'll have a slice, and then, like, w- was Slice was Slice Cola funding this little project? Because, like, she's like, I'll have a slice. And then in the next scene, she's holding the Slice Cola with the, the with the logo facing the screen. I'm like, oh. But again, it was very, like, like drag, right? It's like RuPaul's Drag Race, like, promoting all your own shit. You got, like, that. You, you got, gotta, like, the director put a movie into it. Your money. Uh, I interrupted you earlier. Oh, it was so good. So, no, because what I found most perplexing and delightful was when they drill through the boyfriend for, like, the first kill. So, like, what literally happens is you watch him drill through the boy's chest, and it's disgusting and horrible, but kind of sexy watching... You don't expect him to be the first to go. No, and you don't want him to. Especially after she, like, has that good pre-coital sob. Well, but, like, literally... Crying right before she's Is it not a metaphor for queer intimacy that... 
after a moment of showing your vulnerability, you get drilled through the chest. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. was maybe a metaphor for my queer experience of intimacy. Wonderful. But, but, and then it was also kind of sexy, because, like, he had that, like, beautiful, like, rippling chest, and, like, the blood was just, like, running down it, and I was like, I'm a little hard. Oh, wow. I digress. Okay. But see, that's the weird thing about, like the, like, the mix of, like, sex and blood is, like, I don't know, I found that very delicious and queer in all the right a ways. A lot of people have that, you know, maybe it's, maybe she's born with it, maybe it's... Generational disease. queer trauma, ah! <laughs> but yeah, there's a so lot much. of there's a lot of queer people who have that uh, intersection of sex and violence so often because we're taught, and I, I think it's maybe because it's not a far leap for us as queer people. We get even if we're pretty vanilla, we get painted as sexually deviant right away by some people who who are like you're not having sex the right way you're a pervert and so it's not a far cry for queer people to 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 deviate in other ways sexually yeah. exploring their kinks exploring uh, non-traditional uh sexualities and and romance paradigms you know <laughs> yeah i love that you got that from i, I drilled him through the chest but like totally yeah, yeah it's totally from yeah, but cutting open that sternum and just but then but did you catch like the best part is that after we watched him killed in that specific way the killer pulls off his arm and i was like <laughs> like how, like one and like makes a pun that i don't even i didn't even listen yeah it was actually there were there weren't too many puns there could have been i there could have more. been yeah. so many puns. it's a drill I... well there was the um there was a song the called... Pul the Pulsating Tool line. Oh, my that God. That was so good. From the porn that he read. Yeah. In which the main character's name was? Keith Cliff. I did, you did catch not that? pick up on that, no. Oh, I love a Wuthering Heights moment. That made me super gay. For, but, for, but that's what, for literature. That was so good about the porn, though, because it was, like, foreshadowing, like, all of, like, the sexual imagery of the murder. Certainly. Like, that's and, what I love and, about that. And the, the killer, when he finally comes out of the dream world and into the real world because she almost has sex, and that's apparently all he needed to, to become a physical matter instead of a dream ghost, uh, okay, his first song is Let's Buzz. Oh, yeah, that was so good. I'm like, ooh, I love a, I love a coded vibrator reference but it's also about like let's drill like, yeah like drilling, i would like, love to kill you it's like oh god men are terrible <laughs> right it was so good and it's also like the still i'm still shook that his first line was rock and roll never dies baby like the like what like that has nothing to do this is with a movie from 1987 why are we doing grease <laughs> like but like bloody grease and oh and like beyond like arms flying off that you're like you didn't cut off his arm how did you get his arm off wait and with like tendrils flying how did he get his arm off that's the thing is like we don't know and then and not that we care either because no it's but just i like, want to know because i was like that doesn't make sense because then it's also that like then like what made, made even less that, sense. That, that doesn't make sense he he managed <laughs> to get his arm off it's not the fact that he has a rock and roll guitar drill and came out of a dream look i was i was like i will buy these given circumstances but sure. you have to follow the logic within them because then every time he killed someone the next time you saw the drill it was completely clean and I was like, "There, you just like put that through a human body, he's and then it's cleaning clean. his drill." I just, I want to see the, you want to see the scenes where he's just like sham wowing his but drill. But like sexually, like I want to watch him wipe off those guts in a sexual manner while he's like riffing. You know what I mean? Like I maybe this is really self revealing. I'm now finding, but I feel like there there's an probably something on Pornhub that meets these parameters. I mean, on they floor. have everything on there. Oh, I know. It, it kind of. I was reminded of Pornhub. Um, in the final chase scene in which the two, <laughs> I can't wait. the two survivors are running through that unfinished house. Yeah, so and weird. you know how 
you know how many people you know how many of those videos are just people fucking in unfinished houses where yes. do they they just go out and find unfinished houses to fucking and i'm like wait there are nails and and sawdust out there i don't want that and floating around so if you're trying to escape a killer why are you going to a literal maze you know L- what i mean a literal like maze I- a literal and also a, a place where no one is literally an abandoned, unfinished house housing project. Like, that is not a good place to... Like, you gotta run to where the people are. <laughs> like, like truly. Tr- truly, this these movies do exist in a world where nobody has seen a horror movie. <laughs> or, like, like, where are other people? Like, it kept being like, why is there no one else in this movie? You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, one or two, like, like extra characters that pop up. But, like, not really. I'm like, where are all the people in this development? And also, like, there's that moment when he's standing on the roof... With a giant guitar drill laughing into the moonlight. The guitar is also shaped like a dragon, is it not? Or something. <laughs> That's, I don't know what it's shaped like. It will kind of remind me of, well, maybe because it was in the, it reminded me of like the car, Greased Lightning. Like it reminded me of a car. <gasps> yeah, flames. Or so. Maybe it was flames. Yeah. Or something. It was a, it was like pointy and flamey. You know what? Somebody, somebody that guitar was flaming. <laughs> somebody spent a lot of creative energy on making that guitar. It was an weapon. immaculate prop. Truly. That, <laughs> that man had an immaculate prop, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That, that drill could come inside my chest anytime. Oh, dear. It comes outside of... No, well, I know. It's so gross. Yeah, it comes outside of the chest from within. From within the sex dream. I don't know. Every time there was a sex dream, he almost materialized. Is that what it was? What was the... Do you remember what the inciting... <laughs> Let's continue to talk about this like it's a, like a real a true piece of dramaturgy. Let's do when, it. What was the inciting incident to. for when he finally... Like, what was, like, the thing that made him finally come to life? Like, I can't remember what the, the fulcrum was. I think it was... I think it was the lead girl about to have sex. And it, it was... I believe it was her first time oh yeah she says i've never done this before so is it because you know a lot of a lot of value is placed on women's virginity again ti yeah or are you ready for this but there's also i also feel like i I acknowledge that i'm like i feel like i'm experiencing this as like a 21st century person so like i'm sure your analysis is very correct like contextually but to take it completely out of context sure um because that's my favorite thing to do is it's like was it about punishing them for having sex or just acknowledging that the most deadly thing you can do is have sex with a straight white man. And I feel like that... That's a read. It's like, that's just like, for me, that's what, it's like, yes, like you're sleeping (laughs) with bullshit men. Stop it. And so like the ultimate bullshit man materializes and murders them. And I'm like, don't trust straight white men. He's the ultimate fuck boy. Like fully. Like he's he's a bad boy. He's got his guitar. He's got his weapon. He's got his hair. You know what? I have a new name I don't for the know. film. I, don't know. I have a new name for the film. It is the Fuckboy Massacre because that's what that film was. The because all of those boys massacre. were fuckboys in their own unique special ways. And they all got massacred. And that's what happens when you when you, when you you fuck with a fuckboy, you get drilled through the fucking chest. You get chest. massacred too. Yeah, right? It's like these... a metaphor for heartbreak. Okay. <laughs> wow, that took a turn I wasn't expecting, but okay. I do, I do want to bring up that when this film came out, it was surprisingly not too well received. Excuse me? Yeah, crazy. Um, it, of course, over time has developed its own cult following thanks to its wonderful campy nature and musical numbers. But uh, uh, I did read on the Wikipedia that one, one reviewer called the mo- said that the movie had no style or wit and that the director had no style or wit. And I kind of wanted to defend Deborah Brock because... If she's out there listening. If she's out there listening, I would like to say that I think that there was plenty of style and wit. 
a reanimated chicken carcass attacks a woman. <laughs> that was so good. And then maybe it's just like straight horror dudes hated this movie because it it was a reversal of of so many things they were used to seeing of the things that they flocked to these movies to see and it still had those things violence and boobies but it also had things that they weren't expecting like strange like women women being horny and not apologizing for it or or i don't know i think are you ready for this moment sure i think for all that I've criticized the film for, I think where it soars uh-huh. is ironically in the style and wit. Like I think, I, the, yeah. Like I think like the, the like where where I could argue that it might lack elements of substance or like a really like meaningful fruition of the feminist conversation it's trying to have through the medium of camp. Mm-hmm. Like even for those moments where it I think succeeds always is stylistically and wit and i wonder if and and i think those things are inherently what make the film feel very queer to me and i wonder if many ways that's was sort of the rejection of it is sort of this non-conscious rejection of camp which i think is a pretty like straight white male thing to do (laughs) um because it's like it was so but there was also a fog machine in this movie and no straight man would ever and it was a bad fog machine which made it It so good oh yeah that bummed me out. Yeah, like, there were so many... I feel like when I was like, like, oh, I should write things down, I just started writing down, like, the... Like, oh, they were eating corn dogs? How fucking queer is that? Their, their dinner consisted of alcohol, cheese Whiz, and corn dogs. And honestly... And to be clear, Sounds champagne. like a great night. Like, if I had a nickel for every time I was chowing down on a corn dog and champagne with my girlfriends, like, literally, like... And then, and then having a sexy champagne pillow fight. First of all, the one who instigated the pillow fight was the one whose house it was? Yeah. And she's the one who uncorked the champagne and literally spilled it everywhere. everywhere. And there was carpet. Like, it there, was not hardwood. Like, who the who the fuck would do that? And destroying the pillows with, like, obviously there was so many pillows. In your own home. <laughs> like, if it's someone else's house and you're fucked up. Like, like this is not an Airbnb party. Like, this was your literal. Like, who the fuck is cleaning up this champagne? I mean, I think the blood became more of the issue, like, later down. So I will Possibly, acknowledge. Yes. But, like, but can't, isn't it easier to get, like. What do you use? And White also, vinegar for champagne is sticky. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, like, a pleasurable... Like, I'm all about being covered in things that make me feel sticky, but there's usually a shower that follows, like... Pre- or a towel that follows and immediately at least after. a towel, yeah. And, and they... No. And, so and like, also, like, drink the champagne. Fuck you. Champagne is not cheap. And they also, well, like, it never is, washed it off. That was definitely cheap champagne. Certainly. But... When, he's, when she's like, my dad has a booze closet, and all that comes out of the booze closet is champagne. I'm which like, is not booze. You know what I mean? And I was okay. like, I follow questions. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, that's what you take, I have questions. And, like, imagine how bloated they were this whole time. Like, oh, God, no matter running around run. with all those bubbles in your tongue. No, right? It's like, like, do you know what I would not want to drink before Surprise, running around with no McKellar? vomited. <laughs> I'm surprised. And that would have made it even better if they did. Like, just cheat, like... Cheese whiz and corn dogs, just chunks spewing. Like I want, I want one of them to get drilled and just vomit Ew, oh all god, over oh over the killer. Just like, like that's like the ultimate Last Supper, though. Chunks, you know what I mean? Like that's the Last dogs. Supper we we deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it also brings to mind that that trope of like women not being like other girls because they like junk food, but all these women still look like fitness models from eighties. Oh yeah. Everyone was so fitnesses. hot. Like everyone had, had such a tight body and I'm like, well, if they're having corn dogs and cheese was for dinner and champagne, I'm like, but I will say mm. that on the bright side, I feel like the ultimate, I'm all for people eating moral. whatever they want though. 
But, like, I think the true moral, though, is, like, only pretty people get mass murdered, and so I'm fine. You know what right? I mean? Oh, like, I'm, like, such a relief. Like, for the mediocre people listening to this podcast and Uggers have nothing to worry about. Right? We're like, not even in the movie. <laughs> because, like, that's the best part is I was, like, if this only happens to pretty people, we're fine. And I'm okay with, like, less pretty people in the world, you know? I find them very triggering. I wish they weren't there. I, absolutely. That's so, so, so triggering. And, and they were seeing, all, and where seeing was the beauty. Friend? Seeing beauty is so triggering for me. And they don't even have an ugly friend. I was like, where's the ugly friend? We all have them. Where are they? Do they, do, do they think they had one? Like, do, they, do you think the filmmakers are like, ah, yes, this one is the ugly one because maybe her bangs were different? I don't know. I don't know. They were all the same girl, too. You know what I mean? It was like, not only was it all white girls, it was like the same white girl. And the, I was like... Definitely the three friends all being like blonde and vaguely Misha Barton-like. Um. <laughs> and I also couldn't tell those two, two of the boyfriends apart, too, I will say. Um, the uh, boyfriend versus the new guy, Matt. It's Matt and Paul. Is that his name? Did the, I make that the up? The guy who gets drilled in the car. In the car, yeah. <laughs> he gets drilled in the car. It's not. Who doesn't love it? It's <laughs> just as wet as it, you think it would be, but not nearly as fun. No, no, nowhere near as fun. Um, speaking of fun, we've had so much fun, <laughs> haven't we? <laughs> but we've come. Is this fun? We've come to the end. Uh, what uh, I want, what I want to know is, did this film make you gag? Yeah, it was sort of like a, uh, uh, like a, like a hesitant gag. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah, like when you think, oh, yeah, I could totally gag on this. And then halfway down the shoot, uh, it feels like you're like, ooh, a mistake oh, has been oh, made. Right, where it's like you're, like you thought you could take it all in your yeah. mouth, but you actually maybe couldn't. I really hope my parents muscle through and are still listening to this part. <laughs> yeah, especially when you got to muscle through, you know, and those like neck muscles are just like really. Oh yeah, up. when they seize up. Yeah. When your jaw cramps, it was like well, that time you like <laughs> when you gag and your jaw cramps. Yeah, like, oh, that God. time. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, <laughs> but I will say it's like one of those. I don't know how you felt about it, which I'd be curious. I felt like when I was thinking about like, how would I say it gagged me? And I was gagged, and that I am gagged that like this exists. Will I ever watch it again? I don't know. I. I would gag on this again almost immediately. I was con- ah! I was You actually watched it twice in a row. I was con- uh, maybe. I was concerned that you hadn't seen it yet cuz we didn't quite touch base on if we were watching the movie together or not. Mm. But um but I also as soon as that thought crossed my mind, the thought crossed my mind that I don't mind watching this movie immediately again right now we're gonna do like, it right now well you know what it is it's i would i would love to do it again if it was with a group of people like oh, i would absolutely. love to i think it's about the introducing yeah. of it watching to it alone was super fun like that and all but this is definitely a group because it's like it's like when it's like not like definitely I, I could watch one, yeah it's definitely something to watch during the break in the orgy you know oh fully because like again like like literally like that shot which i don't know what this says about me but like of that man with like the blood running down his chest his I was like, sternum Ugh. just so open it was so good just Wait, and I was he's... like, oh, he has a heart after all. Who would have thought? <laughs> Didn't believe it till I saw it. No, he was the nice ah! guy. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm just bringing up he my own past that, drama. He had that line that just tickled me so much and went downstairs. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus After this, Christ. we're both single forever. Like, that's how this is going to go. Yes, my, my, my fiancé has already Take it listened off the to this. It's gone. And, and, yeah, he, he just had a sense of, I think, I think, I think my fiancé is saying some dumb shit right now and I'm about to go off. <laughs> Right. I mean, as long as you end it with, like, acrylic nails and a bad font, I think you're going to be fine. Exactly. I would gag on this movie again. And TBH, <laughs> this movie gagged me more than Grease and Grease 2 put together. I mean, those yeah. are classics. Always will be. But this movie is truly 
special and i think that it's obscurity and it's kind and it's it's just plain weirdness is what attracts me to it more than a tried and true classic like Grease or even a tried and true camp classic like Grease 2 which is an amazing <laughs> film I yeah. highly recommend it there we'll, we'll link in the show notes like in the show notes yeah link it in the show notes Grease 2 is a, is also a wonderful musical just is it also like a horror film? just like this beautiful musical well, that's film what I, I will say I think why ultimately I would come down on the side of like would gag a thousand times more, but mm-hmm. like in the context of group play, you know, uh-huh. I I think it's because there's actually nothing like this. Like I can't think of anything else that this is like. That is one of the you know after all those all those hurt uh, butt hurt straight bros were like mm, this movie sucks. There were people who were like, I can't say it's unoriginal. Yeah, you truly can't. Like it's not not like there's I mean you could see like elements of things in it that are recognizable, but the ultimate like conglomeration of disparate parts is completely it's, unlike anything. Yeah, it's quite it's quite it's quite unique. And oh god, I did the thing. Wow. Uh, I had a teacher who would say, if you ever say something is more or less unique than something else, failure because unique is a singular term. Like if you're describing something as more unique, that doesn't make sense. No, it's no either, binary. It's I reject either, this binary. Oh god, that is a false binary. Oh uh, yes, uh, yes. This the is a spectrum. Two, the two genders, unique and contrived. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a spectrum. You know. Oh my that. god, those are the two genders. Yes, unique and contrived. <laughs> I told you. Well, that's a wonderful revelation to end this uh, very this educational portion bag. of. I we made so many enemies. But watch it again. It's also only 75 minutes long, which I think is a good argument to watch any movie. You know what? Yeah, a tight 75-minute film. And I, the, you know, as I say, the tighter the better. Thank you for that. <laughs> and on that note, I'll say goodbye. Yes, do we have a goodbye song? Uh, we don't. Why don't we just make one up right now? Me and Miss Buffy Wild. I'm going to oh, lip sync it, though, ironically. Let me try something I, I keep forgetting to do. Do you have anything to promote? <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Um, I don't know when this will air, but whatever I am promoting at that moment in time is if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know at Miss Buffy Wild. Miss yes, definitely give the socials. It'll be linked. Don't worry, it'll be linked in the show notes. Will it? Oh, yes. Yes, it will. Right? I'll make sure. Allegedly. Sure. Uh, f- friend of the pod, friend of the pod, deep friend of the pod. Uh, Miss, M-I-S-S, because Show I'm hella me. unmarried. Buffy, like the Slayer, and Wild with an E, like Oscar Wilde. Because again, the best drag name jokes are ones that you can't hear. Truly, so obscure. The best drag names are for five people and nobody else. Oh, my drag name is literally for five people. So Wonderful. if you're one of them, congrats. Welcome to the party. <laughs> and uh, you can follow me at Joshua Simon says, I know I hate myself too. <laughs> Not as much as we hate you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and with yours in true hatred that only only I can have for Misha Barton <laughs> and nobody else, I say adieu. Goodbye song time. What's the song? Let's make it up right now. Goodbye and farewell to my queer ducklings. Okay, friends and sisters and queer ducklings. I think we got something there. Let's turn this off before we make anything anything else happen. Goodbye, folks.